Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hope your Saturday is going great. Scott Romine here. You know, I am passionate about the Dukes of Hazards, my favorite show growing up. Those That Duke family raised me, you might say. And uh, I'm proud to be friends with Tom Sermento. He was the set mechanic on the Dukes of Hazard and some other shows. And he's going to talk to us about his new book today. How are you, Tom? I am just fine, Scott. It's good talking to you. Oh, again. it's always good to talk to you. Now, you've been working on this book and it's wrapped up. Who helps you put the book together? Well, it, it was actually... Uh, a friend of mine, he was one that actually did most of the writing. Uh, we've been telling, I've been telling him Duke stories <laughs> the last three or four years. And I didn't know it, but he was recording all the stories. Ah, okay. And he's had two books published. And, you know, he said, you, you ought to do a book. And I said, I, I don't think there's not that many people who would be interested in, in a book. Wrong. And he says, well, you know, he says, Let, let's see. And, you know, he, he goes, he goes, look, he says, I didn't have a following on my books. But, you know, you got at least a couple thousand people to follow you, you know, on, on Facebook and everything. Sure. He says, so he says, let's give it a shot. So I did. And then uh, my friend, uh Gail Ott and uh, Luann Thornton. You might know sure. Harold Thornton. Yeah, he has a General well, Lee. Yes, he's got he's he's got he's got two or three of them. Oh wow! Not, huh? None of the original ones, but you know the ones that he's built. Sure. And uh, what they did is they helped me with the the editing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't spell very good. My sentences, <laughs> uh, you know. They, they did a lot they had to do a lot of work before it went to the editors sure so, and it, it's called so, the man behind the general correct correct wow how and, long is uh, the book well it's you know it's i haven't got the final yet from uh, the editor but i think they gave me an approximate of 270 to 280 pages. Wow. It's got about 130 pictures or more that, you know, that I sent them. I don't sure. know if they had to throw any of them out or something like that because they couldn't do it. But we did the pictures in black and white. We, we just needed to keep the price of the book down. Sure. Well, yeah. back that back then, did you think about really taking pictures behind the scenes, building these General Lees? Well, you know, I I took some because I thought they were cool. Yeah. You know, cameras weren't, you know, Paul Picard. You know, it, it was known you could not take photographs of the jumps, and you know, of of the sets. But if I wouldn't have, you know. I didn't know for sure how this was going to go after the thing, but we wouldn't have had all these pictures that are out there today. Were you kind of forbidden? You, that was against the rules to take pictures behind the scenes? Yeah, Yes, it was. Because, you know, it, it, it was the number one show at the time. Sure. And they, you know, we didn't have stuff like cell phones, so you couldn't 
take thing, you know, any pictures. Instamatic, you know, yeah, you, you know, you could take those and Polaroids, but you know, I did have a nice little Nikon, and uh, you know, a lot of the pictures, like I took, like the head-on with uh, Lance Turner and uh, Teddy Barber, I caught that with the crew. I was behind the crew. And I took it just as they came over the bridge and they hit head on. Now, we had no things like autofocus or right. anything else like that. But, you know, I got lucky at a lot of these pictures. You know, it's interesting. You say it was forbidden to take pictures. There was no Internet. I mean, what value would have anybody thought the pictures would have been? You know, I don't know. But, you know, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's and, true. <laughs> so I, I should have not. You don't have to say any more than that. It's, yeah, it's Warner Brothers. And yeah, yeah. That these were the days where everybody kept like a Polaroid in their glove box. Right, but you know, a Polaroid, you know, would have been so slow and everything. Oh, like that. yeah. And and I had what I had to do is, is I took them from inside my my shop truck, which is a van, and it had these big windows on so you know before i was going to do it i'd be out there cleaning the windshield you know inside and out so that it would look <laughs> halfway, halfway decent you know and the only person that ever caught me was mm. kate kimler she she you know i had my door shut on it and i was parked behind the the crew because that one where Teddy Barber and Lance Turner was, that set was closed to everybody. Sure. That there there were no visitors, there was no nothing. We had we had two ambulances, we had a fire truck, we had the Jaws of Life. I wow. think we had two extra paramedics. We had the station wagons, you know, everything ready to go just in case. I got because you. that was that was I I consider that you know the most dangerous stunt we ever did. Oh yeah, and, the, the head-on thing, the head-on yeah, jump. Yeah, and, and Paul Baxley came up with that jump because when they when they had to go, they were going on each one of them were going down a road on a one-lane bridge, and what they had to do was hit in the mid midair at probably at third. At, exactly 30 miles an hour wow. and hit off center so that the cars would spin and fall down into the creek bed. Mm. Yeah. I remember you it. Know? I remember watching it when, when it first aired, <laughs> Yeah, that's probably 10 years old or so, but uh, yeah, I don't was, think that stunt has been replicated in, in anything else. No, you know, you know, Paul Baxley was a very, he was a very smart, smart man. Mm -hmm. And he'd been around for a long time. And, you know, uh, he would come up with these, these stunts. And th this was not miniatures. I mean, you know, that's her, Teddy Barber. And, and, you know, I think it, in the time that we had, you know, Lance Turner and Teddy Barber there, those were the two stunt guys both of them swear that Paul Baxi tried to kill him. Said, well, <laughs> it sounds like it. Think about it. They put you on that head on. And then, you know, the, the, 
the cars where the two sheriff cars were stacked on top of each other. Gary Baxley was driving the bottom car. And uh, Lance Turner was in the the top car when it hits the tree. Well, this thing gets snatched out off the top of that car by a cable. And, you know, it comes right down on the ground. And... uh, you know, I, I was talking to Teddy, and, you know, he go, or, uh, Lance, and he goes, you know, I shouldn't have been in that car. You know, he, I says, really? Now you think about it, you know, and we had dummies to put in the car. Sure. They put a life for, why were you in there? You know, and he says, well, they told me I was supposed to drive the car out of the shot. Well, when it come down, I says, you know, Lance, it didn't have a motor or a transmission in it. Oh my how, gosh. How are you, how are you gonna drive out of the shot? Unnecessary <laughs> he put, risk. He, he, yeah, he put you in there, paid you a hundred dollars to be yanked out of that off that car. I'll pass. <laughs> I'll pass. We're talking with Tom Sermino. He was, of course, the set mechanic on Dukes of Hazard, but he works on other shows like Fall Guy and Hunter and and has done pretty much everything. He's got a book coming out very soon called The Man Behind the General. Where are people going to be able to order that, Tom? Well, here's what they're going to do. And we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it now and a thing. What they're going to need to do is send me an email. It's Hazard County, two Z's in Hazard, just like Hazard. Hazard County at Carolina. C A R O L I N A dot R R dot com. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 K A R N with Scott Romine, brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hey, we're talking Dukes of Hazard today and other things that Tom Sermino worked on. He was the set mechanic, of course, on the Dukes of Hazard, kept the General Lee working. Tom, I'm I'm guessing maybe not every story in the book is funny and happy. I want to ask you about the Dukes of Hazard had a death on the set. How did that occur, and did that change any anything about the way you approached the stunts with these cars? I don't ever talk about that anymore. Really. Uh, it wasn't well, actually it, a stunt man, correct? And it wasn't something done no, for the camera. And, and, and what it was, it, it was it was an accident. I got gotcha. you. You know, John Schneider. You know, he 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 talked a lot about that, and like he was there, but he wasn't there. You know, none, none of the none of the uh, none of the actors were were on the set that day. It, mm. it was just a regular drive-by set and it was on a hill and the 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 camera car which was driven by Richie Birch uh it what it did is it tipped over okay and it rolled it rolled over so they so weren't I even do, they weren't even filming something like a car no, stunt or anything no no it, and, and it was a complete accident i got you and everybody everybody got sued on this thing and oh, no. it, it, it was it was very unfortunate and once the attorneys got in there you know the the uh uh 
camera car that uh, Casper was the, the company uh, that owned that. Okay. It was locked. It was locked in a Warner Warner Brothers box for years, and uh, if we if somebody wanted to go in, the attorneys from both sides had to be in. They could not touch the vehicle. They could not take anything out of it. They could take some wow. pictures, and 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 that was it. And you know, when I left, when I left in '85, uh, I mean, that thing was still in there. I guess it's like a piece of evidence. I guess. Well, it is, but now it's way past the 30 years that it's been in there. Sure. And uh, you know, I don't even believe that uh, with the lawsuit for his wife. Uh, uh that that never came through she she uh she expired before anything was done so wow it it just went away so that was just a a black cloud day yeah and you know i did i don't talk about it in the book at all i got you and this this this, and i tell you scott this is the most i've talked about that day ever (laughs) Well, you know, and, people mention it. In, in fact, I was talking to Corey Eubanks not a week ago, and he was talking. He had talked about that, uh, yeah. about that instant. But you that know, was before that was before Corey was even there. It gets kind of thrown around like, and, and people assume that it was a jump went bad. It was just purely an accident. It could have happened on the set of anything. Yeah, and you know. We had some injuries, you know, Jack killed uh, the motorcycle. He got his shoulder dislocated. There were some concussions. Uh, I can't remember ever anybody ever donating any blood to the, to the set. Uh, I, I don't remember any broken arms or legs. Uh, now, the worst one I think that had some injuries would be Henry Kinji when he tried to jump that sheriff car into the tree. Oh, and, to get hung up in the tree. Right. And, you know, Mickey Gilly was there on that day. And I was standing behind Mickey Gilly. And I was going to take some pictures of Henry going into the tree. Well, I'm all set. And I'm standing, you know, pretty good distance behind. Uh, um, behind Mickey. Mickey, Mickey Gilly. Mickey, I'm, I'm, Mickey, yeah. Mickey Gilly. And I had I took a picture of Mickey Gilly standing there with the ramp. So anyway, I'm sitting there waiting for Harry uh, Henry to come down. And he's then they call action. So you know I hear Henry starting up, and then all of a sudden I hear him kick in that. At that time we still had thermal quads on. He went bow ball, and he hit that ramp. I knew he was going to be in trouble. I put the camera down. And he hit that tree. Ugh. He hit that oak tree. He set that from that bumper to where 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 it stopped in the car. Thirty six inches. I did have a picture of that, and I don't know where it was. <laughs> oh, I, man. I have looked for that picture, but anyway, you know it 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 broke the back of the block. It broke broke the transmission. It spit the dry shaft out. It turned the dry and turned the uh, the uh, differential into like a a U. 
you know, where, where it shoved everything back. And, you know, he, he broke his back and his neck. And, oh, my you gosh. Know, uh, he was out for yeah. a while. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he, he came was back. back. Henry was back on the set to work that next Monday. After he broke his neck and his back. Yes. Unbelievable. He could still, he could still move. And, you know... Paul had him sign in, and then, you know, he walked over to him and, and told him, you know, you, you can go on home now. Ah. <laughs> and he says, show up tomorrow and sign in, and he did until he got better. And wow. He, ne- he never really got better, but, you know, he, he was. Sounds he like Paul was a pretty good guy. Yeah, but Paul didn't want you to know that he was a good guy. Right, you right. Because you had to have respect for that man. And everybody had their turn in the barrel. You know, <laughs> it, it did not make any difference who or what you were. It could have been Johnny Greens. It could have been um, Jimmy Heron and props, uh, wardrobe, cameraman, D- DPs, you know. The, the ADs and directors, you know. <laughs> Somebody's going to get a chewing, I guess, daily. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just like it's just like a snake that was there, and one one day you could play with it, and the next day it's going to bite you. He he made it to a Duke's Fest or two before we lost him, correct? Yes, we did. He made it. He made it to two of them. What did he, he think of it? that? Uh, you know, he'd rather be, Paul would have rather been playing golf. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Paul has seen it all. Paul did not like to sign autographs. Uh, you know, it was, you know, why I've got better things to do. But when Ben, uh, invited him up there to, um, to Sperryville, you know, uh, to, to the actual, uh, where Sperryville was, where we were going to do, Gary and I were going to do a turnover. And, you know, he goes, somebody asked him when we were were talking, he goes, well, who's going to do the turnovers? And he goes, "Uh, I hear it's going to be Tommy and the other idiot. (laughs) And he's he's pointing to Gary. Sure. (laughs) You know, and, uh, you know, uh, we didn't ask him, you know, it, I don't even know if he stayed to watch it, you know, but I know that that he went up, he had a, he had a nice hotel and he had, he had two tea times for each, for each, each of the days that he was up there. Right. And the other time that he showed up and fans did not know who he was. Now, Paul was sitting out there and, you know, uh, everybody was doing all the things and we were getting the cars ready and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he was just wandering around by himself. And I don't think he signed more than two. He was asked to sign more than two autographs. Wow. Because nobody, nobody knew who he was. And he was a big part of the show. Hey, we got to take a quick break. We're talking with Tom Cermino about the Dukes of Hazzard. Be right back on Guatney Unplugged. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged. 
on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine, brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hey, Scott Romine here. Speaking of brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group, of course, we have a Chevrolet, number one Chevrolet dealership in Arkansas, Guatney Chevrolet at the Gregory Street exit. We're talking with Tom Sermento. Of course, the Dukes of Hazzard kind of famously a show kind of uh, aligned with Dodge. But I have heard that General Lee was almost a Chevrolet Camaro. Is there any truth to that? No. Really? They had not considered it? Nope. You're not going to believe what the creator, Guy Waldron, wanted for the General Lee. No idea. Okay. It was a 69 hugger orange. Pontiac GTO. Ah, well, that would have been too rare to find, you know, 300 of those things, wouldn't it? That's right. That's right. But nobody knew that that show was going to go that long. So what uh, the uh, transportation captain at that time, I'll I'll think of his name during a thing, uh, Hank Nessel. Okay. Okay. He goes, you know, he he goes, Gil. He says, that, 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 that isn't going to work. He says, let me bring you a car. So the next week, he brought the producers a car. It was a 69 Charger. It had the 01 on it. It had the battle flag on the top. Sure. And the push bar. The only thing it was, it was painted Chevy Hugger Orange. 69 color mm-hmm. when Gil saw that color and that combination they they loved it but that's all Gil got was that that 69 color and you know it, you know because Chrysler had the color but it was it was a hemi orange it was darker than and, that well, that, and it had metal flake in it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't going to so, pop the same. No. But, you know, what it was is is all Gil saw was that combination. He could he probably wouldn't have known. Well, he probably would have known if it was a Volkswagen. But, you know, what I'm saying is, is that he didn't know, you know, Pontiac, Chrysler, Ford. Right. You know, it could have been anything. He saw that color, and... On that GTO, that is the color that he saw, and that's what he wanted. And that was the only thing that they ended up giving him was the the color of that car. Well, the Charger with its NASCAR history was kind of the perfect choice. It was, and in many ways, it you know that nobody else would have thought about at at you know at the time. One. It had leaf springs in the rear, not coil springs like the Chevrolet. Okay. And then, and and the front end had no springs in the front. It had torsion bars. Which it had a, you could pick the front up using those, correct? Yes, and you know we we never broke we never broke a torsion bar on that set on the jumps or anything. Just like the vector wheels, we never broke a jump. Whether it was on dirt, pavement, or whatever, we never broke a wheel. And that it had that 
it had the torque flight, which is almost an indestructible uh, transmission, transmission yep. at, that, at that time. It had hideaway headlights. So Tommy didn't have to go in there and replace all those headlights all the time from showing. That's pretty flight. smart, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it was a perfect pick. And besides, you know, they were looking for somebody, you know, when they hired me from uh, uh, Universal, you know, they were looking for a Chrysler mechanic because the show was just starting. And, you know, I used to see these car carriers coming in with all, all these beat up, dirty, you know, uh, chargers and i go man i pity that mechanic's got to work on that <laughs> and then you end up with the gig i get like la- i get laid off over at uh, universal and uh, you know universal picks me up immediately yeah so i ended up working uh you know at the shop on the show for um probably six or seven episodes before i actually went out to uh with my truck uh, my van and I uh, worked better out there on the set. Right. At Lake Sherwood. You know, it's always been curious to me about the General Lee and you're talking about like the history of where it came from, but like with the Batmobile, everyone knows George Barris and, and with Knight Rider, you know, a guy named Michael Chaffee come up with that, but there's never been like anybody publicly out there claiming, Hey, I am the art director or whatever that designed the, the general Lee's, you know, look. Yeah. You know, and, no one's ever claimed that. Well, you know, a lot of people, including Kathy Bach. Okay. Thought it was George Barris's creation. No. Well, when, when George Barris passed away, she, you know, we were having lunch with, um, uh, uh, it was me and my friend uh, Marty that was my writer, and um, uh, Steve Plunkett. He was uh, have, had a big show up in London, Ontario, Canada, and he's in. And uh, Kathy says we ought to have a General Lee there, and I said, well, "Why should we have a General Lee there?" She goes, "Well, Kathy." And Kathy goes, "Well, Tommy, he designed the car. You should know that." I said, "No, he didn't." He goes, she goes, yes, he did. You know, he, I can call. He did a great job of convincing people he did because they sold well, model never, cars never, with well, his name on never, it. Well, he never ever said that he did. <laughs> you know, he right. Never, he, he never denied the stories. But, you know, if people accepted it, they did. So she goes, well, I'm going to call Gil, and Gil's going to tell you who, who designed that car. And so Kathy called him up, and, and Gil happened to answer the phone. And she goes, you know, Tommy's sitting here, and he's saying that you designed that car. And it was sure, I'm sure it was George Barris. And he, he goes, Kathy, I designed that car. That was, that was my creation. I was the creator. I designed. I designed that car, mm-hmm. and Kathy just couldn't believe it. And and I says, "Well, Kathy, I says, there you go. You you got it right from the man. And I didn't have to tell you." <laughs> you know? And uh, you know, 
it's amazing, but Gil has never been invited by anybody. That's a shame. In over 40 years to come to a Duke's Fest or a Duke's show. Yeah, that's a real shame. Hey, how are people going to get, let's give the the uh, the email address okay. out, and how much is the book, The uh, the Man Behind okay. the General by Tom Sermento? Okay, the book's, the book's a 7 by 10. It, and it's it's going to be a hardcover book, you know. That's it. You know, uh, we added to the price, but you know, we wanted to keep the book down on the price. And that thirty dollars includes, you know, me me signing the book for you. Mm-hmm. And you know, we can send it out to people in the United States, probably media mail. That's going to be the cheapest way sure. to send it. The black and white pictures uh, of the book. Uh, it's my it starts off from the day I was born up until present day where I'm doing a lot of the shows with the moonshine people, with the moonshiners. Sure. And, uh, you know, and uh, instead of naming any of the moonshiners by name, I named 17 different flavors that they make. Well, there you <laughs> at, go. At, at, at the end of the book to give them give them their just due you know uh, <laughs> hey we gotta take a break what what is the email address one more time before we have to take a okay. quick commercial it, all right it's hazard county two z's and hazard hazard county c-o-u-n-t-y at carolina c-a-r-o-l-i-n-a dot r-r do you think there are any real general lees out there that have never been found or discovered no, there, there is definitely, uh, I mean, I, I, I get these things that they say, Hey, I found one in there. It's oh, not, yeah. you know, an old one has been in there for like 30, 35 years and stuff. So, and the first thing I ask him is, hey, I, give me, give me the VIN number. Well, the VIN number's gone. I yeah. says, is all the glass in the car? And they said, yeah, all the glass in there. And I said, well, then give me the number on the back window. Yeah. It's etched in the back window. Well, it doesn't have the number. And I and it says, but it is, but it's it's got black interior. And I yeah. Said, well, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's a dead giveaway there. I says, if if you want, you you can send me a picture, you know, and stuff like that. You know, I'd appreciate that. But you know, if the VIN number's gone. And the back glass where I told you where the number was, it, it isn't in there. It's not a real car. And, you know, and when they send me these pictures, you know, you yeah, I I could be 20 foot away from that car and tell you it was never a real car. Oh, sure. You know, the, 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 the old one on it was, you know, way too skinny. You know, the, the, uh, the generally is it's it's on there but you know it, it's not correct you know those are just some of the easiest things you know on it but there were 17 left there was two that uh, the producers gave away but on those two that they gave away they're not um uh, they're not documented cars really no and one guy 
and uh, he has got one, and he uh, he called me, and uh, he was at a car show, and he brought it in and as as a real General Lee, mm-hmm. and nobody would believe it. Right. Well, because it had center line wheels on it, it was had a metal flake blue paint job with a white vinyl top and black interior. And I said, that is most definitely a real General Lee. No way. I've not heard this yes. story. Okay. It, it, and, it's, it's, and, and it's in the book, you know, so there's a lot of stuff in the book, you know, and pictures that nobody's seen. But this car was painted up on my next show that I went out to do. Well, I was still a mechanic. It was called Double Dare with Billy D. Williams and Ken Walls. Mm-hmm. Well, Billy D. Williams had a Rolls Royce. And, you know, Billy D. W- or, uh, Ken Walls was the driver, but he was driving this little four door Nova. And uh, he was he was born two, 10 years too late. He, he was a, definitely a muscle car man. Sure. And he goes, Tom. I'm thinking of leaving the show, but you know what? I would love to have a General Lee to drive in, you know, uh, the uh, Double Dare. I says, that's not going to happen. So he says, is there any way you can make that happen? So we got we got together and I says, hey, would you drive a 69 Charger? He goes, oh, hell yes. Yeah, right. So we, so we went and see Paul Picard was the producer of, on Double Dare, and uh, Tom Green and Jack Oates were the tra- transportation people, and you know I was working I was working for Tom Green and Jack, and so what we did is is we went in with the suggestion that we go get one of the General Lees and we paint it put a vinyl top on it over the flag and spray the interior black ah. and put center line wheels on it. So there, and that is a real general Lee. I wonder if the guy today has put it back as a general Lee or left it blue. Well, he, here's, here's, you know, the last time I, he was, he was so disappointed that people wouldn't accept that story. Because you know, sure. I mean, it's uh, when he bought when he bought the car. I told him what what it was and what you know, and you know he locked that car up, and it, as far as we know, it's never been seen again. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Tom, at what but, point? At what point did Warner Brothers say? We want the General Lees to be have more continuity. We, we want to get rid of like all the marker lights and all of the backup light. You know, because there was a few years where the car might have something in one shot and be missing in the next one. Yeah, and you know, we we try to get the continuity. You know, pretty much the same. The biggest problem we had this first unit, you know, because they they sometimes had to drive the cars over to um, Columbia Ranch. And they had, you know, the the state said that the, all the headlights had to work. You know, oh. had to have the wipers on it. The turn signals had to work. So there was a lot of times when you saw the brake lights come on because they didn't unplug them. 
Now, they weren't my cars because I ripped every piece of wire out of that car that it didn't need. If it didn't need it to uh, start it, charge the battery, and sometimes read what gauges, because they were in there, still worked. <laughs> and then, then there was the difference between the brush bars. Well, it came about uh, midway in the second year. We, you know, they were starting to use um, the wider ones, I guess. Yes, and the reason was is it was knocking the uh, centers out of the uh, the grill. And what we needed those centers for, because when we converted the 68s, we needed to put that center in in the grill. That's right. And we need, and then they took the, you know, once the car was jumped, we took the taillight panels, they, they took all the pop rivets out, put them in there, and they tacked those, those things back, those uh, uh, taillight panels back in there with the 69 lights in it. Yeah. That's and right. Then, then we had the problem with the the uh, small marker lights. The '68 had round marker lights, and the other ones were more of that um, like square uh, rectangle. You, uh, kind of, yeah, right, long. Yeah. And so we took off the uh, the lights, and you know, Warner Brothers didn't want to spend any money. <laughs> Bondo really welding them up. So they would bondo, bondo, they put a piece of cardboard behind them. Oh my gosh. And bondo them up and, and, and sand it. You know, film, you know, camera back then, you know, it, it could make a, it could make anything look good. Pretty you forgiving. Know, you know, yeah, you know, we, we would call it like a 20 footer. Yeah, the you show know. wasn't in 4K. No, and, and <laughs> you got to say, you got to remember. There was there was no DVDs or yeah you know, right. any anything else like this to where you could stop and watch this the footage frame by frame, and these these people these Dukes fans they would pick that show apart. Oh sure, you know, by going by frame by frame. Well, that isn't really enjoying the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but. Uh, well, hey, there's there's a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. We wish you the uh, very best on this book and appreciate your time being on the show today. Well, thank you. I, I enjoyed being with you. And, you know, I even think of more things to talk about in the book, but I've got to stop someplace. <laughs> well, maybe because, there'll, there'll be a sequel one day. You never know. Well, you, you, you never know. But, <laughs> but uh, guys, uh, you know. I, I really think you guys will enjoy the book and, you know, being not a soft cover, you know, it'd be a good book to lay on the table. Like I say, the, the cover of the book is, is, is in color and the back, but all the pictures on the inside are black and white. That's awesome. And uh, I will, I will sign them. And, uh, you know, if you want more than uh, I'm going to say, enjoy the book. Tom Sarmento, 2020. If you need it personalized, yeah, I'll do it. But make sure you spell out the name that you need it personalized to. That sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Tom Sarmento. Get his book. His email is hazardcounty at carolina.rr.com. Just send him an email and reserve a copy. It is the man with the general. We'll see you guys next week on Guatney Unplugged.